Hello and welcome to Earth, Wind, and Water, Motif Magazine's leanest and greenest audio production. In each episode, Motif reporter Sam Zimmer explores environmental issues as they relate to the lives of Rhode Islanders. This week, she sits down with Eugene Rose Bellany, a student at PCTA in the pre-engineering program. Before we kick it over to Sam, we would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, The Parlor, R1 Indoor Karting, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. Welcome to Earth, Wind, and Water. Um, we will be ancestors. I'm your host, Sam Zimmer, and we are here today with Eugene Rose Bellany. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you to our sponsors, R1 Go-Karting, Graysale Brewing, and Trinity Beer Garden. All right. Eugene a student, a junior at Providence Career and Technical Academy, aka PCTA, in the pre-engineering program, the 2021 Rhode Island Poetry Ambassador, activist, PSU Leadership Team Co-Director, aspiring aerospace engineer and astrophysicist, a member of Gen Z, We Want to Live, and member of Movement Education Outdoors. You are the most accomplished teenager I've ever met. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Welcome. you. Welcome. Uh, what do you do in your free time if you have any? <laughs> You're so um, busy. I really like reading. <laughs> so I'm always either going to a bookstore. I have a Barnes and Nobles not too far from my house. Um, or even coming down here to downtown and finding like little shops and going there Um and also just like spending time outside. I think it doesn't matter what weather, even if it's snowing outside, I really like to go outside. Yes, me too. <laughs> awesome. So you've been a member of uh, Movement Education Outdoors, also known as MEO, M-E-O, for quite a while. Um, how did you get involved? Um, so funny enough, it started as a yoga mindfulness program at my middle school. Um, I was in eighth grade. It started with about Five girls went up to seven on depending on the day or the week um, and it really just started there and Joe who is the director um, she started off like giving us little tips how to be mindful um, resources for yourself to take time and make sure that you're setting time aside for yourself even though we were in eighth grade setting us up for high school because it's going to get be a, a lot more stressful um and then we would do she would bring like yoga mats and we'd have yoga and downstairs after school and so it was a really good like after school program that later started into um, meal trips and outdoor activities later on in that summer of 2019. that's awesome yeah and if you could describe um for our listeners what is Movement Education Outdoors? What kind of an organization is this? Yeah, so MEO is an outdoor education program um, that works with Providence North, no, excuse me, Providence, Woonsocket, Pawtucket areas when those students over there from the middle school and high school levels. We have two tracks for them. Um, and we our hope and our mission is to bring these students um, from either BIPOC communities or low-income communities out into the outdoors and making sure that the that they have these experiences that other people um, get to get get to have and um, some of them don't. Awesome, yeah. So really, an amazing organization doing environmental justice work in and around the area. Um, what's kept you coming back year after year since eighth grade? It's really just the connection it's like 
we call ourselves our family. We even call Joe our auntie. We call her oh. Auntie Joe. Um, <laughs> and it's really just the connections that you build. I started with my friends from middle school, and we're still friends to this day, even though we go to separate high schools. And I've even met new students, younger students, who I got to mentor and kind of be like, you know, the big sister in the group um, with them. And I think it's just that community aspect and also seeing other adults come into the space and get getting them to understand what Mio is, um, who we are, what we do. And so I think just really being in the same spaces as other youth who are interested and like-minded or are just trying to figure out things that they want to do and how they want to get engaged with the community, um, with nature. So I think what keeps bringing me back is just like the little family that I've been able to build with Mio. That's so wonderful. I love that you called Joe auntie. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, how do you think Movement Education Outdoors or Mio has impacted your life um, and maybe your trajectory where you see yourself? Yeah, Mio has done so much for me and it's always, it's not even just like, oh, we're an outdoor education program, this is what we're doing, it's strictly outdoors, but our educators, Joe herself, has always given us like real life advice. Like we have talks, even uh, yesterday, or actually Thursday, we went out to brunch, me and some of the other girls, and we just talked. We ca caught up with each other, and I really think that having those conversations and just being able to not only focus on like, yes, we are an education um, program or outdoor education program, but we can provide resources to one another. And so for me specifically, um, even though I do want to become an aerospace engineer and astrophysicist, I hopefully want to be in the Air Force. And I also am looking at oceanography and ocean engineering. So wow. I've kind of been all over the place, but being outdoors with Joe, one of the things that we've been able to learn is like the herring run and where our new uh, meal lodge is right on the King Benson Preserve, that pond or the beach that we call it has um, or goes through the herring run. And I've been able to learn more about that and learn more about the aquatics that are in that area. And we also work with the nature preservancy. And so kind of getting like little things or bits and pieces of resources and education from other experiences and so it's really just always like a pointer added to how I see my life and how I would like to continue and um, Joe is always so insightful on, on how we can move forward whether that's post-secondary education or going right into the job force going into the military and just giving those those, those point those pointers and um, resources very cool um I don't know that much about the herring run so are there like multiple points where herring are migrating yeah. Within Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, and they, I don't want to get it wrong, but they, they, not, is it breed? Yeah, not breed. Like spawning. Spawning, maybe. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> fish terminology. <laughs> um, and they spawn, and some of them will, will go down that pond-ish river, and then it actually, if you follow that river, it brings you out all the way over here to Providence, Oh wow! Um, and it goes like straight out, and so it's really cool. It's like all connected. Wow! Yeah. So it's just like one big watershed, mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, very cool. I'm wondering if there's like, have you ever seen any like signs of beavers down there? Not over there. I don't think I've seen any signs of them. Gotcha. But maybe maybe other people have. Yeah. That trail is open to the public, the King Benson Trail. So maybe other people have. Very cool. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm thinking about how like, you know, why, why a river might open up and look like a pond at a certain <laughs> point. That sounds like a really beautiful area. So that kind of is a good segue into my next question about how Mio has changed over time. Mm-hmm. You're talking about this land down in South County, but it started as an after-school program. Mm-hmm. How is this evolution to now uh, having access to a lodge, having access to these beautiful waterways changed? What are, what are some different places that you've gone with Movement Education Outdoors? Yeah, so again, it, was, it started off as an after-school program. And in that summer of 2019, uh, I want to say seven people. So youth and a parent had went to Arenda Springs that summer out in New York, and they spent their time over there with Joe um, in Movement Education Outdoors. And it was a really, like, fun and engaging experience over there. Like a camping um, trip? Yeah, a camping trip. And Great. then that September, we... Actually, not even that September. Um... I want to say, like, further out into 2020, we had our camping trip back at Osamequin Farm or Osamequin Farm in Seekonk, and um, that's where a lot of the girls, like, met Pumpkin the horse, um, (laughs) which was really fun and engaging. Rescue horse on the farm. (laughs) (laughs) And um, really just being able to be in those spaces where uh, other people were providing these places for us to experience. Yeah. Um, And then... Also in 2020, we went canoeing um, on the Blackstone River um, with some of the other girls. And some, actually, of our friends were able to join us. And meals open to everyone. So if you'd like to join, you can join at any time. Mm -hmm. There's no limit. And then in 2020, we started, I mean, 2021, excuse me, um, we started our, it started with our urban hiking program, I want to say in the spring of 2021. Uh, And so me, Joe, and Jeff, we would walk around the city of Providence in downtown, and we would test the water from the Providence River down there next to the, like, water fire bridge and stuff like that. And we would um, just do, like, urban hiking around and talk about it and talk about what used to be in downtown before all these buildings were um, were here. We walked in the, the, the mall, which is on... It's across from the Paolino buildings, like on the inside street, um, but it was like one of Providence's first malls. Oh, okay. Um, they call it the arcade. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So that used to be like Providence's first mall back then, and then now we have like the Providence Place Mall, and so just seeing about all the different infrastructures and buildings that were once here um, that aren't here anymore and seeing the history of what Providence is. And then in the summer of 2021, we started our um, kayaking and canoeing program. Uh, So students from, again, Providence, Woonsocket, and um, Central Falls, Central Falls, Pawtucket area, they were able to come on different days. Um, each group had a different day of the week that we did kayak and canoeing. Um, we did it on the Wood River. And so that was a new experience for a lot of the youth at that time. There were middle schoolers and some freshmen in high school and another junior um, or a sophomore at the time like me, but upcoming junior. Uh, we were able to be a part of that with those students. And for some of them, they didn't know how to kayak. It was their first experience, but they wanted to learn. So and fun. Yeah, and by the end of it, they were 
out there. They were like, no, I'm paddling by myself. (laughs) They're like, yeah, I'm going to go before you guys. Like, I'll just meet you at the end near the log. Kicking off with the current. Yeah, they were like, "We'll we'll just see you guys over there. And to see the growth between students who were scared out of their minds and then being the next people who were like, okay, I'm going to be the, we call it the body. So Mm. we would have like someone who's the head and who's like directing it. And then we had the body who were like the other students and then the tail who wants to be at the end. And we used that and people who were at the tail were like, actually by the end of the program, they were like, hey, can I be the head? Can I be at the front? I want to be, you know, I, I feel confident enough. And that was something that like, even me as myself, Um, I was like, I'm really happy that these kids are being able to get out of their comfort zones. And like, we never push them and none of our meal educators or Joe herself ever pushed to be like, no, you guys got to get out there like immediately. It was a gradual thing. And they were like, actually, I, I really do like this. I really do enjoy this. And so a lot of them really stepped out. And then in August, we had our... Uh, hiking part of the program and so we hiked on different trails in Rhode Island uh, we did the Mount Tom Trail um, and like the Arcadia management area oh cool um, and then we also did some local hikes so we did it at the Nudicanucket um, Park in Providence and we walked around there we did a couple miles I think Snake's Head was another one that we did so we walked and took these mile hikes in different places and we gradually increased our miles. So like on day one, I think we did like a mile and a half. Day two, we put it up. We we're like, okay, if anybody's comfortable, we'll step it up to two and a half miles. Then day three, day four, day five to eventually, I think our goal was six miles, I believe. And I wow. think we were able to, to get there. And then within that hiking process, we also wanted to make sure that the students were engaging on it. And so... There were times where we would be like, okay, I ha- I have a very big, like, I was super into foraging. So, like, I knew, like, oh, there's this mushroom, yes. here's this fun guy. <laughs> and um, Jill's the same thing. So when we she would see plants, she'd be like, hey, guys, we're going to take a break and be like, this is this plant. This is fern. This is cinnamon fern. And how you can identify the two? Here's poison ivy. Don't touch it. This is what it looks like. I also really liked ghost pipes. And I was like, guys, there's a bunch of ghost pipes over here. I've never and heard of those. Yeah, they, they're like white cloudy um kind of bell shaped plants they're really pretty um and like a purple light a purple light is a mushroom but it's very glossy and so like some kids would be like oh i really like this and we're like don't touch it because we don't know yet um (laughs) and then joe would come over and be like yeah this is this plant or uh jeff who's another educator if we didn't know the name of it he's super into plant um mushrooms fungi all that type of stuff so we would take pictures and be like okay we're gonna send it to jeff and jeff can identify it for us nice and so those are like the cool little things we also had um people instead of us or the educators take taking leads on things we had students be um in charge of the compass we had students who were our map holders and they had to find their way through the woods and we had to make sure that they knew um you know what the stripes mean on the trees if there's two stripes and one is higher than the other are we going left or are we going right to continue the path or return back to where we came from so just educating them on hike etiquette um you know we never want to leave trash in the woods we want to be respectful because 
this is these are our animals' homes. We always want to be respectful when we're going on these hikes, um, and just making sure that we're taking care of each other because we are walking together, um, and just making sure that everybody's safe and okay. Uh, taking water breaks and recognizing when you need to stop. Right. Um, so it's it's been very um, a very long and tedious process, but teaching the students and teaching myself how to take on those roles and you know step up sometimes or take space um, take space make space and making sure that everybody gets a chance to be a leader to hold the compass to look at the map or be at the end of the line anything like that we also had walkie-talkie so who was going to hold the walkie-talkie so um, <laughs> and so taking on those roles and then we had our second year of our camping trip our overnight camping trip at Osamaquin farm of the september of 2021 and it was a new set of students i went <laughs> um but it was a new set of students that were a part of our summer program um that came and joined us and one of my fond memories from that night um or that ex hiking or that overnight experience was that there was a student that took a comfort to me um, so there were times where that student would feel kind of scared um, we would do like a little night hike where we would turn off our headlamps and oh so, yeah that's unnerving yeah, the first so, time you do it um, for them it was like kind of nerve-wracking or they didn't want to walk even though it was daytime they didn't want to walk around the camp by themselves or any little thing like that so mm -hmm. it was kind of like I had a new person attached to my hip um, <laughs> but I felt like really honored and to be in that space and to be able to be someone who takes care I guess or yeah. can help in any situation or any way with another student and um, and then we just have been continuing our meal experiences we had a night hike um, back in March we also did some maple tapping back in February so fun at, back again at Os Osamakun farm um, and we got to teach all the um, parents who came or their children or anybody like that um, and show them how maple tapping was done. And we all got to taste the sap while it was being boiled and then at the end got to taste the syrup. So um, I think just that gradual growth and just, again, that family aspect, that community aspect where we're not pushing um, anyone to do anything, but we're also just respecting and making sure that everybody feels comfortable at their own pace and keeping that pace together so that we can help in any way. And I've really been able to grow and learn and get a hold of what I've been taught over these past couple of years. And then I was also a, um, we had another hike back at King Benson when we were first introducing introducing it to our donors or anybody who's been like social media stalking us. <laughs> um, and Like me. Uh, <laughs> um, so much cool work all the time. <laughs> yeah, and so we had that opportunity and I got to be one of the youth facilitators and um, read some of the stories and share some of my, some of my poems to those people and getting them uh, introduced to Mio and the Mio youth. So it's been um, really exciting to see all the things that we've been able to grow from and where we're going with what we have. Yeah, exponential growth here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel like you said you just said so much, you know, <laughs> I'm hearing like it's a really nur nurturing, care based 
youth-led program in a lot of ways, you know, meeting people where they're at, inviting families and communities into the program. You know, it's so important, especially when you think about the outdoors being so historically exclusive, especially to uh, BIPOC communities. So it's really beautiful that there is this BIPOC-led space and student-led space where you can support one another mm-hmm. and be trusted like that person who, uh, you know, took, uh, you took under your wing, <laughs> you know, that's so gorgeous. Um, definitely curious about learning more about ghost pipes <laughs> and the other plants that you have mentioned. I'm wondering, uh, you, you mentioned Jeff a couple of times, another educator with Mio. Is that Jeffrey U. Warren? I think so. Has he done um, the Providence uh, Chinatown project? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, very cool. And so you were doing some water quality testing with this educator as well, <laughs> artist educator. Very cool. I went to um, a virtual forum, the Rhode Island Environmental Justice Forum recently, mm. um, and I saw Joe and him and lots of other organizations that are doing incredible environmental justice work either yeah. for decades or newer organizations in Rhode Island. And they shared about an exciting possible program coming up with air quality testing. Ooh. Have you have you all talked about this yet or is that like a okay, 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 okay. All right. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> if you were at the forum, um, you saw I think that there is an EPA grant proposal mm. um, that's using art for air quality testing in the works. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's making me think about what you shared about water quality testing. What did you all do with the data afterwards? So we used this like device and it wasn't it wasn't so much um, writing down data, but seeing how like so it was like on a stick and if you put the stick in the water it makes different sounds. And depending on the sound is how, I think, how toxic or how dirty the water is. So different, we put the stick in different points or different places where there were water, Mm -hmm. and it made different sounds. So when we put it in the Providence River, it made, like, a really scary noise. It was like a... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was, like, a really eerie noise. and, (laughs) And then compared to, like, a water fountain or even a puddle, it was completely different. And hmm. so that was some, or when we poured like clean filtered water onto it, it made like a calming noise. And so seeing like, this is the water that we're drinking, or this is the water that are in our pipes, right. um, compared to like bottled water or filtered water from hmm. a Brita, and just seeing those things. So it wasn't so much as collecting data, but understanding um, gotcha. the, the level of water and toxicity and stuff like that. Wow, that is fascinating. <laughs> I did something in, in high school. I feel like it was in chemistry where we had to do like a litmus test where mm. it's like a strip and it changes pink or blue. Yeah. Or I, don't, I don't even remember, but that's fascinating yeah, that it like literally pH. made a noise. Yeah, it was probably testing the pH level. Yeah, yep. yeah you're a lot closer to that research. <laughs> I have not taken chemistry ever since. <laughs> yeah. But how cool that it actually makes like a resonance. That's a it's like alarming it's a lot, to think yeah. of like a jarring sound happening with water. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> so over the years, you know, you've shared all of these amazing projects and community engagements and trips that you've done. Uh, quick question: mm-hmm. Are kayaking or canoeing? What is your preference? 
<laughs> Do you have a preference? I don't. I think that like <laughs> kayaking is fun like when you want to be by yourself. Like even if you're in a group and you just want to get it over with, like yeah, it's fun. But canoeing, oh my gosh. Me and my I took my best friend on a, a meal canoeing trip. And it was like her first time. And so we learned like how to do it. I showed her like how to do it. I said, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I said, do you want to be at the front or the back of the boat? And she was like, I'll be at the back. I was like, okay, just know you have to do a little bit more work back there. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I got it. First half, she was like not feeling it. So we switched boats and she went with an educator. And I had an educator in my boat. And then we rode down the Blackstone River, stopped went up, um, like parked our canoes, went <laughs> up, uh, took a quick hike, looked at the scenery, came back down, and then we were going to get back on our canoes to go back up um, to where our starting point was. And that time, like I said, a lot of people feel more comfortable once they've done it. Right. So she felt more comfortable to come back in the boat with me and we'll do it together. She was like, I got it. And then on the way back, there's like a fork, so it splits. Uh oh. And so I'm just like, first <laughs> One off, besides a waterfall, <laughs> there's a waterfall oh behind my God. us. So we're going back, and I'm like, okay, just like, just J paddle, just turn around. It's not that hard. I'm, I'm doing as like I, I'm doing all I can in the front. You have to do something in the back. We finally turn away from the waterfall, and then we're going back. But now we're going into this fork, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we got it! Like she's like, she's like stressed. She's like, <laughs> she's like, Eugene, I don't know what to do. Like I'm stressing out right now. Just like, okay, stop the boat. Don't do anything. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just let the, we'll just let the, the current take us. Once you're calm, we'll turn around. All of my other friends and Joe and the edu- other educators are like looking at us from like beyond the pond, and they're like, guys, you. You got to come back. And we're like, we're Drifting. we're having a moment right now. <laughs> and then the other educators come over and like help us. But I think it's like, it's like experiences like those, memories like those where like we can laugh about them. Right. Um, and so it's really cool. But canoeing and kayaking, they're both really fun. But for the sake of other people, I, I think kayaking is really good. <laughs> that was a great story. Thank you for that. I'm just imagining that moment of Zen. Like we're taking a breath and we are literally going with the flow right now. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, well, I guess, so I don't really have much canoeing experience. Mm. If you flip a canoe, does it sink? Do they float? I would imagine that they float. Does, is it um, hard to flip a canoe? It's, it is not hard to flip a canoe. Okay. You can, you can, <laughs> there's a lot of memories with canoes and Neo, um, but like, you have to find, so we call it like your center of gravity. So yeah. when you're going into the canoe, you want to make sure that you're holding both sides of the bow. You're keeping your body low so that if you're standing up, you'll flip right over. So right. keeping your center of gravity and kind of scooching to the front. And then while you're on the water, <laughs> you don't want to lean to one side or lean to the other. You want to kind of stay, again, right in the center. Steady, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty easy to flip a canoe if you if you if you just like go over or if you like lose track of your get distracted. It's pretty easy to flip one over. But I don't think I've I've never experienced it to know if it sinks or floats. Gotcha. But, <laughs> um, but I guess they but, don't. I mean, I would imagine that would be that would be a, ch- a challenge if they did. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It sounds like it requires a lot of mindfulness to, <laughs> to take on the canoe. Um, but that's peaceful in and of itself <laughs> hmm uh what are some of your favorite memories with Mio uh, 
every memory, every every day with Mio is a, a favorite memory. Some of my favorite memories. Sounds okay. like there's lots of adventures in here. So. I think that one of them, and Joe probably knows that we were doing it, but we when we had our um, 2020 overnight camping trip at Osamakun Farm, mm-hmm. it was like the OG crew, so like me and the five other girls or six other girls actually and we each had our individual tents because we were still in um we we, yeah we each had our individual tents but we are kind of close to each other so we like had a group of two a group of three and then another group of two and then joe's was on the other side of the campsite Mm -hmm. um still next to us but like on the other side of the fire pit and we had like lights out and we were fine with that. We actually um we had like pizza and we ate it underneath like the stars in the flower field. That's it was amazing. so nice. <laughs> and then we had like a night hike back to our camp. And then it's like I wanna say like it's ten, eleven o'clock now at night. And there was a very popular game um at the time called Among Us. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all in each other's tents and um or we're each in our our own tents and we're playing and you can just hear from everybody's tent, oh my gosh, no, go left, go left. And we're like, <laughs> no, go right, go right. And then we're like, guys, Joe's asleep right now. Like we can't be this loud. <laughs> and so then we're like mini screaming or like we grow, we went on a phone call and we're like, guys, we can't do this right now. We gotta, it's like, who's the imposter? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? And so that was really fun to to just like play with them. And then we ended up falling asleep like super late. And Joe woke up the next morning and was like, guys, this is what you get for falling asleep super late. And we were all super tired, but we got up the next day. And then another favorite memory for me, remember I said, keep center of gravity, even with the kayak. Um, and... <laughs> I was not thinking. I was just trying to get out of my boat, but it was like I wasn't so close on shore, but I was like not so off. Sh- like I was close, but not so close. And I like completely forgot, and I like stepped out of my kayak. Oh no! And I like flipped over. <laughs> I was all wet, and I was like, "Well, that's." That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> and I, at least I had pants that were like water pants. So they kind of dried very quickly. And that was really good. And I had like water shoes on. So that was perfectly fine. Nice. Um, another time would be, I think on the Mount Tom Trail, it was very muddy. Um, so we all have hiking boots on. I had like capris on, but they were like khaki capris. And um, it was kind of like, we were all kind of like Tarzan, like skipping rocks and like kind of holding onto branches to get over to the other side. And there were like these dips of mud, but they were actually like sinkholes. Oh my God. So <laughs> I thought it was a rock and I just Squelch. went right in and like slipped and fell from like my waist down was just covered in mud. Oh, no. And you can, if you go on Mio's Instagram, <laughs> you'll see it. I'm like, we're all sitting on the rock and I'm just like covered in mud with like the biggest smile on because like that's like the fun experiences that you have. But yeah, I went home and my mom was like, what the hell happened to you? I was like, well, it's just another day hiking, just covered in mud. Came the earth home. tried to swallow me. The I'm earth, fine. I'm yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think those are some of my fun moments where you can fall, you can scrape a knee, you can 
flip over into the water. You can do all these fun things, and um, they're all they're gonna check on you, but you can make fun of it and you can joke about it and spend time with those people because you're you're comfortable with them. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that says so much about like your humor and your perspective on being outdoors. <laughs> you know, two of your favorite memories are like, oh no, thought it was more shallow than it actually was, and like that time that <laughs> I slid in the mud. I love that though. You know, it's yeah. like it's something. It's a simple, unexpected, and like you can laugh at yourself moment. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, pizza under the stars sounds pretty good to me, personally. <laughs> um, well, so you've mentioned some different ways that um, you and other youth with MEO have interacted with the community, um, you know, bringing families and friends um, either in a canoe. Um, I'm assuming, was your friend uh, not part of Mio who you took on that yeah. canoe trip? Very cool. And, you know, this maple tapping experience, what are some other ways that you've connected with the community, either with kids in the community or other adults, artists, educators? Mm -hmm. So um, back in 2020, the House of Glitter had Pronkfest. Right. And so Mia was able to go over there and table. So that was really fun. And then again, this past year, we were able to table at Pronkfest um, another time. But this time, um, for about a year and a half now, I've, I'm also a part of Youth in Action. And so Youth in Action and Mio have a partnership um, and we call it Outdoor Equity. So that's one of the programs that they provide to the youth. Cool. And um, that's how we've been getting more involved with like the PUD tree plan and community networking. And so we've had um, different community actions and forums where the community has been able to come in, um, learn more about them. We have our survey that's going out that people can take. And so being able to table at these different events or have these um, schools, like we did our, our last um, event at Juanita Sanchez, and that was that was super cool to have it over there and have community members, like people who were just driving by, stop their car and come and listen to what we had to say. We had like kids, um, we had like Polaroids, and so we took a picture of them and we have a trifold poster and it's a big tree. And so for every Polaroid um, that we took, a student or a kid or an adult, whoever it was, um, could cut out their desired leaf so we had different leaf prints they can color it they can add glitter to it and then we put their picture on it and then stuck it onto the tree so it was like a community tree and um we still have that poster board to this day but just being able to engage in different ways and um having all those students be able to come in and even kids who aren't in the outdoor equity program um still know about it and still are up to date with all the updates and stuff like that because they are a part of Youth in Action and Mio also continues that work, whether that's through our monthly newsletter or even just posting on Instagram um, and Facebook and things like that. Very cool. Yeah, I was, I was, I found out, I guess, uh, through Instagram mm -hmm. and, and went to that event at Juanita Sanchez oh. Educational Complex. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. There was music, there yep. was live <laughs> art happening, there was delicious food. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. For folks who don't know about the PVD tree plan, um, what's happening with that and how can folks take this survey? Maybe we could like link it into this mm -hmm. um, bio here. Um, so episode. the survey is linked on Mio's Instagram 
Youth in Actions Instagram. Um, I know there are specific posts or linked in their bio if they have like a link tree where you can access it. Right. But also if you go to PV, at PVD Tree Plan, um, it's the whole Instagram page for that. And so updates on like community forums, um, more talks, community um, panels or things like that, all that info is on there. And I know I also believe it's on their Facebook as well. Very um, cool. For all three orgs. And this is like a tree equity program for Providence? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before this episode started, we were talking a little bit about redlining, things like that. What have you discovered in your work um, with the PVD tree plan about tree coverage in, in the city? Yeah. So um, we, back in the beginning of 2021, um, we had these, uh, we called them the toxic tours mm. with Renew RI, but I I forget her last name, but her name's Monica. Okay. And um, we would take these toxic tours, and it was actually right over here. Um, We started the walk um, on, like, Wickedon, and then walked down um, to where the salt plants are and uh, or the salt mounds and went into the little Is that what those are? The big big hills next to the water in the port? They're salt? Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. never knew. Um, and then also one of the big tanks over there that I didn't even know about, it's a liquefied natural gas hmm. that are in those tanks. And um, the cargo ships that are continuously coming in and out of the Port of Providence. And one of the things that um, Monica was telling us was that the like the air is so bad over there that they can't even grow their own vegetables in their in their yards because their soil is contaminated Mm. and i used to live literally right over there on new york ave which is about a block and a half away and i have asthma and so while i was living there i was super bad asthma like i was in the hospital very frequently um but then when i moved away i haven't had any asthma surges in like five years and I was like, why is that? Like, I don't, that's so weird. And my family was like, no, it's just a grace from God. Like, you're not in the hospital anymore. And I was like, it probably is, but there's something else behind that. And so when I started getting into this work, um, Monica was telling us that her son too has asthma, but it's all that air mm-hmm. and all those toxins that are being spewed and it's going into those communities who are majority, um, majority black and brown um, people. And, you know, to have that right next to a hospital, you wow. know, it's like it, it's illogical. So, it, like it makes no sense. We're near any people. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, that was one of the things that I was so like shocked and surprised by was that like I that contributed to my health and that contributes to a lot of other students' health um, or even grown adults and you know elders who are in those communities right. who may not have access to um, all the things that they need or all the resources that they need. And to know that that contributed to it. And so a lot of like Renewal Rai, Mio, um, people from the PVD Tree Plan um, and other um, uh, organizations, Sunrise Movement, Sunrise Movement Youth are working towards, you know, fighting for that justice and fighting for those inequities and and toxins and stuff like that are that are in Providence. Absolutely. Everyone has a right to clean air and water. (laughs) Fortunately, we need to fight for it. Yeah, well, that is really awesome work in terms of the PVD tree plan, um, helping to redistribute and get more green coverage in areas that have been historically denied the same kind of 
access to clean air and water because that certainly works together as to filter um, the environment. We'll include those links in our bio. So I guess looking forward, you know, uh, things sort of having a semblance of more normalcy as we continue to move forward in this endless pandemic that takes, <laughs> you know, it shapeshifts. Yeah. We're, we're going with the flow. We're in this river together <laughs> for who knows how long. But as things are opening up um, and we're returning to more of a semblance of, you know, we can go out, we can do this, we can do that. There's less restrictions. What are some things that you are looking forward to this spring, this summer and beyond with Mio? So yeah, so like I said, uh, we have two tracks now, our middle school and our high school track. Mm -hmm. And so we also work with like the West End Rices program, which is our gardening program. And having like the middle schoolers come in now and be a part of that when the high schoolers were a part of that last spring, summer, and fall. Mm -hmm. And so now they're a part of it this spring and we'll be going, they're going to take a break over the summer, but then start back up in the fall. So around September-ish, they'll start back up. I'm super excited for that. I'm also excited for our new programmings and having more students be able to be a part of Mio. Again, like one of the questions you asked earlier was like, how has Mio changed over the years? Right. And I really think it's our numbers and growth and having more people be able to come into the space and having more youth know about Mio and engage with Mio. So we're going to have like potentially maybe even a sailing program. We're going to continue Fun. our hiking uh, programs. We're going to continue our kayak and canoeing, but now branching out and partnering with other community members, other organizers or other organizations that have outdoor equity resources um, that they can offer to Mio. Um, and those spaces where they can uh, participate in. And so I'm really excited for that. And beyond, I'm really excited for, it's, I'm excited but sad because um, I'll be a senior this September. So it'll right. probably be my, my last educational year with Mio um, before I go to college or anything like that. But I am always going to come back. So I'm super excited to be 18 and help out yes. with Mio. <laughs> um, be a, maybe even an educator or a mentor or even just like a youth guide um, for the other students who are involved with Mio. That's amazing. <laughs> and that's a sign of a really great program where people want to come back and and there's an invitation to have those leadership roles moving forward. Oh, wow. There's so much going on. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed for a sailing program. That sounds super dope. The West End Raices Garden. I saw recently was accepting applicants for perhaps the season, um, perhaps the fall. It's a really unique space. Yes. Can you share a little bit about this magic garden in the West End and um, what goes on there? So, yeah. So, the I wasn't a part of the gardening program but the other like we call them the OG so <laughs> the other OG girls um, were a part of it and back from the original yeah, so after the, school program yeah, so, all those um, years ago they were able to be a part of it and uh, let's see one two three four five five of them mm -hmm. five of them <laughs> were able to be a part of it last spring and then no matter the conditions, whether it was raining, whether it was super cold, whether it was super hot, they were always out there in that garden and they were, you know, seeing 
I guess the fruit of their labor, all that hard work that they put in, they were able to harvest it and bring it to the, um, I forgot which center it was, but it was a community center and they were able to bring those vegetables and the flowers that they were able to grow to those centers and um, be like, hey, this is what we made. And some people were skeptical uh, skeptical of it and some people were like, yeah, I would love to take it. Or whether they were in Dexter Park and walking around with these bags of vegetables or bags of flowers that they had picked and passing it out to people. And some people were like, what the hell are you doing? And some people <laughs> were like, yeah, I'll take these vegetables. Thank you so much for giving us them. And they've been able to learn. I think they even went like on fishing trips and learned those little things. And so like all these little things where these girls have been able to grow their own stuff and been able to learn you know what it takes um how long it's going to take you know these things aren't going to grow in a week something right some things won't and so being able to be there and also having other educators come into the space and teach them they had times where they were um drawing in their notebooks or their journals that they had made um or writing poems or little things that they could do in the garden because we still even though this is outdoor education we still always keep run back to our roots where it's like mindfulness we want to make sure that everybody is being um i guess in the state of zen or just making Mm. sure that if you have anything you want to get out or anything you want to talk about you have that opportunity too so i think those are like the little things that the girls are able to learn and grow from and they still use those opportunities to this day and hopefully are going to go back in the fall of this year to continue their their work very cool thank you for that so much goes on in this <laughs> in this garden which i think originally started as a squatter garden um that has aged out and you know is now this amazing garden yeah. for folks who work with mio and bipoc youth in the area really cool and there's a lot of medicinal plants growing there mm-hmm. it's just a really beautiful space correct me if i'm wrong was this a paid uh stipend program internship for for teens yes and preteens uh actually yeah yeah it was very cool so it was like a job for them that's actually it was their job that's what they called it that's amazing (laughs) they're getting paid to to have all of these cool experiences wow that's wonderful (laughs) well so if folks wanted to join um any of the amazing things that you do uh whether it be a one-off like a maple syruping workshop or get involved with the PVD tree plan or get involved with the West End Rhesus Garden or get involved with some of your <laughs> overnight trips, you know, or become a more regular member of, of MEO. How could folks get involved? So one, I think following on social media, that's the biggest thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, also going to the Movement Education Outdoors website, checking in, potentially becoming a donor and seeing, you know, where your money is going to, yes. if you would like to support. But also I know one of our events is Joe's birthday dinner. Well, not birthday dinner, but kind of birthday event, which I believe is at Moniker's Brewery. And so if people would like to go, um, you can sign up and pay your fee for that and also see like that money where that's going and how you can support the youth i know there might be a couple of the meal youth there too that you can potentially talk to and see like our experiences rather than just me but the other girls as well and being able to be in that space with them and uh i think yeah and, and just supporting in any way you can keeping up on social media and and just again going through our websites and taking that survey again all the all we can we need all the answers we can get so just keeping up with social media and 
our website, I think, are some of the biggest ways to get involved and even supporting through um, donations. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, so middle schoolers and high schoolers, you know, look out and join. If you dare, it sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, for folks out there who are listening, who have the ability to support and donate, this program just keeps growing and growing in beautiful ways. So absolutely. Wow. An invitation to a birthday party. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Any last shout outs or plugs you'd like to make for the program um, or yourself and your work as an artist? I think last shout outs would have to be to, again, our meal educators that continuously grow. We actually have a, a new one that was just put on not too long ago at the beginning of this year. So that was super um, helpful to have more hands on deck. I think another one is to the youth who took the opportunity, who I want to say like stepped up and got out of the comfort zones and are in these spaces, whether that's specifically with Mio or with the outdoor equity um, program with Youth in Action or anything like that. The OG Mio girls, the crew, just for continuing your work and not like dropping and being like, hey, I don't want to be in this anymore. But seeing the resources and seeing the friendships and how we grow as a community, as a family, I think PSU, my work with them. Also, Joe used to be a board member with PSU, so awesome. I think that like is a cool connection to have. And just seeing how youth activism continuously grows, and again, like even though the trips that we do, the activities that we do with Mio, obviously educators have to plan for those, but students get to take the lead and get to be like, hey, actually, can we do this, or can we have this as an idea for our next trip or our next activity, and then. I think asking Auntie Joe, like <laughs> we really got to give our props to Joe for all the things that she's done and how she's um, set us here and uh, got us to where we are with Movement Education Outdoors. And so I think that's really one of the biggest people to shout out. Um, and if you'd like to, I guess, look for my work or anything like that, you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at astro.com underscore Eugene, which is spelled e-u-g-e-n-i-e and then if you would like to see more of my work you can also search up Eugene bellany or Eugene rose bellany so um e-u-g-e-n-i-e rose and then bellany is b-e-l-o-n-y um for more info on anything that i do Eugene, thank you so much i'm looking forward to reading your poetry <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure having you on board for earth wind and water um penciling us into your busy schedule <laughs> as an activist in all forms it was an honor to speak with you thank you for being here thank you for having me all right thank you again to earth wind and water we will be ancestors sponsors r1 go-karting graysale brewing and trinity beer garden for helping to make this environmental justice podcast happen This has been Earth, Wind, and Water from Motif Magazine. We would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode. The Parlor Providence, R1 Indoor Karting, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you join us again for our next episode.